Welcome to Dollars and Cents with Friedman Financial. During today's program, your host, Mark Friedman, may discuss specific financial planning and investment ideas. These discussions are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations. Investing involves risk, including loss of principal. Always consult a certified financial planning professional, qualified attorney, or tax advisor prior to investing to determine what is appropriate for you. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA and SIPC. And now here's the host of Dollars and Cents, Mark Friedman of Friedman Financial. If you don't wanna see me, did a full one, about the way I was did the heartbreak change me welcome back to dollars and cents our weekly podcast I am Marion Gilman your host today um, I am a partner and financial planner at Friedman Financial located uh, in Peabody Massachusetts my typical co-host Mark Friedman is um away today. He's out of the office. I am very fortunate to have our Director of Financial Planning here, Christian Karcher. How are you today, Christian? I'm doing well. How are you, Marion? Very good. So we've had an exciting time since last Friday, haven't we? Very rarely we get to say we have an exciting time in the world of finance. But yeah, it has been a unique situation the last week. It certainly is uh, different. Yes, absolutely. So last Friday, we saw the failure of a bank. Um, It's been a long time since we've seen something quite like that. That's certainly true. Um, Actually, some of you New Englanders might remember, we actually had a local bank failure. The Bank of New England failed in 1991. And I know that vividly because my money was actually at Bank of New England And I was traveling, um, I was in Florida visiting my father-in-law at the time. And big headlines, Bank of New England failed. So needless to say, back then, I didn't know what that meant. And it was scary. So what what ended up happening, Mary? What ended up happening is it was business as usual. So the important thing to know with any bank failure is... And we always tell our clients this, be sure that at any bank, you keep your accounts around or under the the limit of FDIC insurance, which is currently? 250,000. And why, you know, that's so important, isn't it? It it really is. And these are great reminders of that piece. Because a lot of times when you've gone a long time without a bank failure, you kind of forget that there even needs to be a limit or that there is a limit on what is actually protected in the bank. When there's no bank failures, you're thinking, okay, the bank is safe. That's where I can keep all my money. I could keep $500,000 there. But having that FDIC limit set at just 250, it's something to consider. And this is a great reminder of that. Right. And, you know, the FDIC limit says that um, the federal government insures up to 250,000 per person per account at the bank. So if you have a joint account, it can go up to 500, Mm -hmm. but it has to have two people on it. And, and, you know, FDIC insurance um, 
says you will have no interruption of service either. So yes, on Friday, there might've been some delay in moving some money at um, Silicon Valley Bank. However, the Fed stepped in right away and they got things moving. So no delay. Right. But what happens if you have more than that? Because sometimes that does happen. Well, that, that is the big question for a lot of these people. You might have seen some of the, the numbers coming out of Silicon Valley Bank, and it was a surprising amount of their assets that were not insured. And we learned later that is because a lot of their biggest depositors are these venture capital firms. But what happens to those assets? It doesn't mean that those assets are all gone. And that's important to remember, too, I think. Right. And I think that's a lot of people say, oh, if it's not insured, it's automatically gone. Well, no, not quite. What happens is the regulators step in. They look at the bank. The bank has a balance sheet of assets, which are usually longer term bonds. And so what they have to find a way to do is to sell those longer term bonds so that they have cash available to meet their demands. And they go through the balance sheet and sell off those bonds to other banks, to other institutions, to other investors, get the cash available, and then are able to pay out people. Um, usually they are able to pay out all of their deposits. Yeah, it's, it's rare that people lose much of the money, even if it is in excess. But the problem comes in is you might not have access to that money right away. Right. That is a more time-consuming process. So the 250000 you know you're going to get it, and you know you're getting it right away. It is guaranteed, and it's guaranteed that you will be able to access it. The remainder, that's not a guarantee, um, and it's not... Uh, easy access necessarily could in this particular case um, the government felt it, there was such a risk to the financial situation and because um, it was somewhat of a unique situation they decided by Monday morning to guarantee all of the deposits at Silicon Valley, Valley Bank no matter how much so this should alleviate a lot of concern in the banking system, because not only for Silicon Valley Bank, but the, but the government also said any other bank, they will also guarantee it. And I think what's very different now, and Kristen, you don't remember these days probably, but everything's online. Yes. Do you ever go to the bank? Uh, very rarely. I, I used to have to go to the bank when I needed quarters to do laundry, but we now have oh, our right. very own laundry that. machine. So that is not a concern anymore. That was the only time I went to the bank. So everything's done online. Yeah. And that has changed dramatically. I mean, in 1991, when my bank failed, I couldn't do anything online. There was no online. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so even in 2008, because we did see um, Wells Fargo, mm -hmm. um, that you know, the, the bailout. The bailout and all. Yep. So we had a lot of um, issues back in 2008 as well. Now, this is not the same thing. Would you agree? I would agree. Yeah. Although, to be fair, 2008, 2009 uh, is my knowledge of that is yeah. primarily uh, reading up on the history of it more than um, remembering it as a young child. I won't, I yeah. won't date myself there, but <laughs> no, I get it. But still, you yeah. know, as, as in the industry, you hear a lot about it right. and it's certainly not the same situation now. So I, I wouldn't want anyone out there to think, oh, we're in the same situation. All of these banks are going to start to fail. Mm -hmm. We're going to, you know, this is just going to be a demise. 
Right. And Silicon Valley Bank, as we referenced a little bit earlier, was a particularly unique case, um, just given who their depositors were, primarily venture capital firms, who all, all have, in the last few years, the funding for those companies has dried up as interest rates have gone up. Right. Um, you don't need to know the specifics about it, but if, if you see a, a tech startup or something, they have not been getting as many investors to invest in their companies over the last year and a half. And so they've had to start spending down the cash reserves that they had because the environment's just not very good for their funding. So as they're pulling down those cash reserves, the bank had also on that balance sheet that we talked about had bought some longer term bonds. And with interest rates rising, those longer term bonds lost a bit of their value. And that's where the squeeze kind of happened. They were kind of taking it on both ends there between the deposits and then their assets as well. And, you know, that's a great word to use, Christian, a squeeze between the, the long-term um, assets, those bonds, they, you know, they were buying 20 and 30 year bonds, yet people wanted their money in a day or two or a week or two. Yes. And when interest rates went up and bond prices went down, um, that was that's a short-term phenomenon. And we tell all of our clients this as well, but that was part of the reason that the government felt comfortable saying, you know, we can step in here and we can buy those long-term bonds at face value. We know the value's there. It's just that because interest rates are up, um, you know, value right now has declined a bit, but in 20 years, it's still going to pay off what it says it's worth. Yeah, particularly because a large portion of their balance sheet was treasury bonds, Yes, which the government exactly. is pretty confident in yeah. considering they're the ones <laughs> issuing the bonds. That's right. And they're the ones getting the, paying the interest on the bonds too. Yeah. So, you know, as, as you may or may not know, I mean, that's part of the way the, the Federal Reserve works is they take bonds in and out of the system when they want to put inject money into the system or take money out. So right now there, you know, it is, it was a squeeze with Silicon Valley Bank. Um, I think the panic has somewhat subsided, although there is, you know, it's still a risk because mm -hmm. the Federal Reserve now, um, they're in the process of raising interest rates. Yep. There's now a question of whether or not they will continue to do that. Right, which is why it's more important than ever to make sure you're below that $250,000 FDIC insured amount in any one bank. So Marion, one of the questions that I think might arise from clients is if I, for whatever reason, had a large amount deposited into my investment account at LPL, how does LPL handle making sure client's cash is covered by that FDIC insurance limit, even if they have more than $250,000? in cash. Well, and you know, that's a great question. And so many of you have actually called us at times and said, you know, I see all these banks listed on my statement. And so if you put, you know, let's say you, you have a million dollar 401k account um, that you roll over and it comes into an account here. So for a short period of time, that money might stay in cash you know, a week or something until we actually meet with you and, and set up a, you know, and agree upon what we're going to do with that money. So LPL takes that money and they divide it among the banks that are available to them. They work with a certain contingency of banks, 
by the way, they were not working with Silicon Valley Bank. It was not one of their banks. There are about 16 of them, I think, that they work with. And they divide it um, among those banks such that you never have, usually you don't even have close to 250,000. They usually, I think they cap it around 200,000, but you will see numerous different banks on that statement. Right. Um, and and that, that's something that is done by LPL. Correct. Automatically. The, clients, the client is not having to call up and it's not like you trying to get to the FDIC insurance limit at banks where you're calling different banks, trying to move money around. It is all handled internally in your account. That's right. But if you do, if you are in a situation where you say, gee, maybe I have too much money at this particular bank, um, it's not a bad idea. I would not panic. I wouldn't race down to the banks because right now, um, if, God forbid, anything did happen, um, as I said, the federal government is, you know, taking control of that. So if you have money in a CD and it happens to be slightly over the limit um, because of interest paid into that, don't don't panic. But but do take steps when those CDs come due to keep your money under the limit. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, a good lesson. A great lesson. Yes, exactly. We, we won't ever do that. I, I don't think in our personal lives, anyone who has been in, you know, seen this happen. So other than that, I mean, you know, clearly it's affected the market a bit. So we do have some volatility in the market still and some uncertainty. But, you know, this will just like everything else, it will work itself out. It just needs some time. Just needs a little bit more time. There you go. So I think that'll do it for this week. I think so. Yeah, Thank you for having me the last few oh weeks. Oh my gosh, it's been great. I, we really appreciate your advice and, and counsel here because, um, you know, you do do the financial planning and that's extremely, that's the most important component um, of what we do in our office. Absolutely. So any questions for our clients, you know, please feel free to give us a call, 978 5318108. You can certainly also reach us at um, FriedmanFinancial.com. That's Friedman. Two E's and a D. Financial.com. Um, have a great week and we'll see you next week. See you next week. I'm all good already. So moved on. It's scary. I'm not where you left me at all. So if you don't want to see Thank you for listening to Dollars and Cents with Friedman Financial. These discussions are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations. Please consult a certified financial planning planner, tax professional, or attorney prior to investing to determine what is appropriate for you. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA and SIPC.